3: Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Let's have some fun on a Thursday. It's going to be kind of all over the place on a Thursday. We're going to go some places other people didn't go today because I think accountability is important. I think it's important to analyze what works, what doesn't work, who were the good guys, who were the bad guys. George Floyd and the Black Lives Matter riots have been in the news a lot because we just had a two-year anniversary. We're about to have a real hard talk about that tonight, how we handled it and how... We're doing now. We're going to have a bunch of hard talks tonight because there are some very, very difficult questions for the law enforcement officers who were at that horrible school shooting in Texas. We're going to have that discussion. Of course, surprise, surprise, the communists continue to lie about the reasons behind it from Joe Biden to Eric Adams to everyone in between. We have ESG talk, FBI talk. I have former NYPD cop John Cardillo joining me about 45 minutes from now to analyze this from a law enforcement perspective. All that and more coming up tonight on The Jesse Kelly Show. Now, a couple housekeeping items beforehand I need to address. One, as you know, tomorrow's an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. For you new listeners, Friday's show, you know how much fun we have on the show and how we goof off. We talk about a bunch of serious stuff, but it's supposed to be fun, right? My my job, you know what it is? Make your day better. I don't want you to finish the three hours and be miserable and angry all the time. So we goof off a lot. We laugh a lot. Look, don't take ourselves too seriously. Friday, (laughs) it's even worse. The entire show is your questions. Whatever you email in to jesse at jessekellyshow.com, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. They don't have to be political. It can be anything. It could be stupid. I don't care. Email those in. And one other thing. I want to get to this because I want to remind everyone of something. And actually, I should have said this earlier in the week. I I screwed up. Jesse, thanks for being the guy who doesn't mail it in on Memorial Day like, like the chuckleheads on the other stations. It truly means a lot. My old unit, Bravo Company 1st Battalion, 504th Parachute Infantry Regiment of the 82nd Airborne, is getting together in Valley View, Texas this weekend to honor two of our guys who were killed during Operation Just Cause. By the way, in in case you don't know what Operation Just Cause was, that was Panama, Noriega, all those things. Anyway, he goes on to list their names Specialist Jerry Scott Davis, or Daves, Davis, and PFC Martin Doug Denson. Now, the reason I read you that is because of this. I've been telling you all week that we're doing a Memorial Day special on Monday. I will be here live in the chair. That's normally a day everyone takes off. I'm not faulting anyone for that. I've always felt obligated to come sit in this chair and do a show to honor the fallen. It will be a very different show. There'll be a bunch of history, obviously, mixed in because we're going to be talking battles and combat. But that's a show. The whole three hours will be dedicated to honoring the fallen. Let's talk about you. If you email in jesse at com and put Memorial Day in the subject line, put Memorial Day in the subject line so we can sort through it. If you have friends or relatives, comrades you've lost in combat and you want their names read on the air, I will read as many as I can get to on Monday's show so we can honor the fallen. And I want to be clear again. Again, I don't care if you find this offensive. This is not Veterans Day. I don't care about your brother who served in the Army and now he's an accountant. The fallen deserve their own special day that is not watered down. This is a day to honor those who've fallen in combat. If you have someone like that and you want their name and rank red on the air, if you want to tell me a little something about them, that's fine. Put Memorial Day in the subject line. And email me their names and I'll get to it. All right? All right, enough of that. Let's get to something different. Because we're going to get to the police officers and Uvalde and gun control and communists. And we're going to get to the WEF. And we're going to get to all these things. But I I want to begin somewhere else. I want to begin with accountability. And I'm not doing this because I have some kind of specific ax to grind. Although I hate communists. I'm doing this because it's important we wake up and realize, especially now in the face of all this bad news, shootings and all these things, it's important we realize decision making in a time of high emotion is almost always bad decision making and almost always it results in complete and utter disaster. I've done a show on this before so I'm not going to do this again but just a little brief little history thing as we talk about overreactions. Lifeboats. You ever heard of the SS Eastland? In case you haven't, don't worry about it. It's 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 a boat, it was a river boat, river boating is still popular but was much more popular back in the day, early 19th century. Was people who wanted to go have a day in an island or something somewhere you go on a riverboat have fun with the family it was a boat a horrible tragedy that tipped over at the dock in Chicago and killed a bunch of people on board now why did it tick over tip over well one reason is it was just a bad boat a top heavy boat and it was bad but one of the main reasons the SS Eastland topped over was it had too many lifeboats on it it had more lifeboats than the boat could handle now Why would that happen? Because people witnessed a horrible tragedy, the sinking of the Titanic specifically, and in the wake of such terrible tragedy, the people, in their sadness, in their grief, in their anger, they chose to cry out, somebody do something, and somebody did. Quickly, a law was passed that demanded, what? Every boat will have a lifeboat for every person on board. Sounds great, right? Right. My goodness, you've probably heard that your whole life. Well, the families drowning at the bottom of the river in Chicago on the SS Eastland, they probably had a different thought about you screaming somebody do something as the water was going into their lungs. Somebody do something. That's the worst thing you can ever say and worst thing you can ever hear. We recently had a horrible shooting in Buffalo, New York. Don't think we've forgotten about that. And in the wake of that, there was so much outcry and pain. Somebody do something. And now it's even worse. Now it's even worse because it's a school. Horrible, terrible school shooting. 19 kids dead. There's I mean, new news out there of one of the male teachers died. He was married to his high school sweetheart. They had four kids. She just died of a heart attack, basically died of heartbreak, left four kids behind. And right now, in the face of such horrible tragedy, people were screaming, somebody do something. It's endless out there. Somebody do something. I'm looking at a headline in the New York Times. Is any school child safe? Endless hysteria. Why won't the Senate get together? Texas Governor Abbott. What can we do to be safe? New York government, New York Mayor Eric Adams, social media's to blame. Somebody do something endless outcry do something, do something. Well, that's why I thought it would be appropriate tonight to go a different direction. Let's look back on somebody do something. Because somebody do something has really extended history throughout the history of mankind. Not just the SS Eastland, much more recently. Do you remember? when St. George Floyd died. Do you remember? Cause I remember, I remember I woke up that morning and I did the same thing you do. Don't lie. I know you do it. I did the same thing you do. And I rolled over in bed and I grabbed my cell phone and I unplugged it as I'm wiping the sleep out of my eye. And I start scrolling through the news. Let's see what's the news of the day. It's, is there a nuclear war or something happening? What's happening out there in the news? And I was greeted with the same thing you were greeted with that day. An awful looking video. Let's be honest. It really doesn't matter where you fall on this whole thing. It was an awful looking video. You had this guy. I mean, before you knew anything, before you knew anything about the cop, anything about St. George Floyd, you have this shirtless dude on the ground screaming and calling for his mom. You have a cop on the back of him. He, it looks like he's got his knee on his neck and, and he won't take his knee off the neck. And, uh, and uh, the video is just awful. I mean, there's, no one looked at that video and smiled. Everyone looked and got kind of uncomfortable and cringed and it was terrible. And then, and then you find out as you're looking at the video and now the guy's dead. And in the wake of that, so much of America, what did they do? What did they say? Somebody do something is what they said. So they did something. Let's have a talk about what they did. And here on May 26, 2022, let's talk about how all that somebody do something stuff ended up. We're going to do that here in a second on the Jesse Kelly show. Let's first talk about honoring the fallen, taking care of widows and orphans. You know, we have that Memorial Day special coming up and things like that. But one of the ways we can honor the fallen is to take care of the widows and orphans they left behind, no? Do you think that would give somebody comfort as they go into the afterlife to know their wife and children were taken care of? I speak highly of Tunnel to Towers for two reasons. One, that is their mission to do good, they care for widows and orphans, they pay off mortgages for widows, for Gold Star families of first responders and veterans. And the second reason is they're not a gigantic scam like so many of these charities out there. The money goes where you want it to go when you give to Tunnel to Towers. Otherwise, I wouldn't speak for them. Go to t2t.org the number two, t.org, and sign up to give $11 a month. That's all they ask for. t2t.org, $11 a month. We'll be back.
2: Fighting for your freedom every day. USA! the USA! jesse kelly show
4: it is the Mind jesse kelly, you kelly show you, you know this might be zeppelin's best song i know that's controversial whoa what do you what, what's that face for michael what's your problem i know they have other great songs did i disparage the other great songs no i didn't i said it might be their best all right you know what you know what i have to say to you when tardes. You're done. That's what Buenas Tardes means. You're done, Michael. All right. Hi, Jesse. This is an email we just got. I live outside of Philly. So what time can I see you doing your radio show being simulcast on June 1st? <laughs> I so don't want to miss watching you in your most excellent sombrero. Hugs and kisses. Says I can use her name. Says her name is Jeannie. Well, Jeannie, it'll be live. The simulcast will be live. The the Jesse Kelly show is every single night, 6 to 9 PM Eastern time. And that's where you'll be able to watch me do the Jesse Kelly show for as long as it lasts until management decides that I'm too inappropriate to be viewed while I'm doing the radio show. No, Chris, it'll be longer than a week, okay? The main concern is my facial expressions and the and the eye rolling and yes, Chris, those expressions too are a big concern. Yes. So but look, if you want to watch me do the radio show You can go sign up. It's a hundred bucks for a year. All right. So it's thefirsttv.com slash Jesse starting June 1st. You can watch me do it. Thefirsttv.com slash Jesse. Now back to what we were talking about. We're doing a rewind in case you missed it because I'm endlessly frustrating with with the public being whipped into a fear, sad, anger, frenzy and screaming, somebody do something because it always ends in disaster. And I thought since we just passed the two-year anniversary of St. George Floyd's death, God rest his soul, I thought it would be an appropriate thing to analyze what happened, what we did, and how it ended up. Because as I just described, we woke up that day and we had a horrible video. A horrible. It was horrible looking. And again, remember, we have NYPD cop, former NYPD cop, John Cardillo coming up about 10 minutes from now. But we woke up and there was a horrible video. And then we found out George Floyd died. And then everybody promptly lost their minds. Everyone. The media. The Democratic Party. 90% of the Republican Party. Athletes were maybe the worst. Entertainers. Everybody decided based on one terrible-looking video that America was a horrible, evil, racist, disgusting place where black men are hunted down routinely by police officers. And the most shocking part about this is, speaking of my sky is green theory, the most shocking part about this is even 15 seconds of looking into the statistics and the law enforcement contact with black people statistics would refute any claim to that whatsoever. It's not that it it was kind of true, a difference of opinion. It wasn't true at all. If anything, the statistics today prove out that law enforcement is probably too hands-off when dealing with black people because they're worried about bad cell phone video and losing their jobs and getting sued. And yet, immediately, Every part of the system decided the sky was green and then two groups of animals, Antifa and Black Lives Matter, street communist groups, admitted street communist groups. I may point out the founders of Black Lives Matter are on camera saying we're trained Marxists. Antifa flat out has a communist logo. They'll wave old hammer and sickle flags at their things. Immediately they took to the streets and began looting and burning. And because we have a country so saturated in white guilt and so anti-truth, so afraid to speak the truth, what happened? People bowed down. And then, after initially bowing down, remember, they were burning police precincts in Minneapolis. Remember, they torched an NYPD cop car with the Molotov cocktail? And we did more than bow down. We started enabling. We started turning rioters loose. Do you remember? As Americans were dying. As billions of dollars in damage was being done. As black communities were being ravaged. Do you remember how the media covered it? In case you don't, it's a little long Sit back and enjoy.
5: I want to be clear in how I characterize this. This is mostly a protest. Uh, It is not, not, generally speaking, unruly. That ain't a
3: riot, what we're seeing right now in Minneapolis. They are strictly principled anti-fascists, and they've taken a principled stand to stand against white supremacists and white nationalists wherever they may show up.
6: I argue to you tonight, all punches are not equal
2: Morally, It says it right in the name, Antifa, anti-fascism, which is what they were there um, fighting. Listen, there's, you know, no organization is perfect. There was some violence.
6: Any reasonable person would say we shouldn't be destroying other people's property, but these are not reasonable times. Thank goodness for the looters, man. And please show me where it says that
5: protests are supposed to be polite. And peaceful. I don't care that much about statues. Shouldn't that, be done by a, respectfully, shouldn't that be done by a commission or the city council, not a mob in the middle of the night, throwing I it into the harbor? People will do what they do. What you're seeing behind me is one of multiple locations that have
2: been burning in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Do not get it twisted and think that, oh, this is some
6: something that has not never happened before and then this is so terrible and where are we and these savages and all of that this is how this country was started
3: people get mad and people get
5: sick of it people are risking COVID to explain to this country that we're fed up
6: most of the major movements in American history have started at the grassroots level and at some point have turned into direct conflict with American government so Remember your history before you judge your present.
1: Thuggishness is thuggishness wherever it comes from politically, and we should be the
4: first to call it out. I disagree. That's what the media said. Do you remember Drew Brees? In case you don't know who he is, quarterback, New Orleans Saints, retired now. During all this insanity, Drew Brees actually put out a very simple video on Instagram saying he stands for the flag because not one but both of his grandfathers fought in World War II. Drew Brees was immediately saturated with so much race communist filth, he put multiple videos out apologizing that he celebrated his country and his grandfather's and then wore the name Jacob Blake of a convicted sex offender on his helmet. That's how much the country lost its mind. So how'd all this end up? Just look, I just just, wanted to lay out for everyone what somebody do something, what it looked like in practice. How did it end up? We'll talk about how it ended up right after we talk to former NYPD John Cardillo. Next.
2: If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick
4: It is the Jesse Kelly Show, and I can't stop thinking about this little clip that I heard from today. It's a man. Not
2: accurate. He walked in unobstructed initially. So from the grandmother's house, to the bar to the school, into the school, he was not confronted by anybody to clear the record on that. Four minutes later, law enforcement are coming in to solve this problem.
4: Okay, I look trying not to pass judgment here four minutes later law enforcement came in an hour later the shooter died joining me now my friend John Cardillo of course political commentator you know him and more importantly for our purposes today former NYPD John I've never been a cop except for a brief time in the Marines you were the cop of cops NYPD is as good as it gets. Walk me through my naivete. Where am I getting this wrong? Why do I have video of armed law enforcement officers standing outside of a school with a live active shooter inside of the school? What am I missing?
5: Nothing, nothing, Jesse. And, and it's pretty tragic. I mean, great to be with you. I wish it was under better circumstances. But, uh, you know, look, I, I have dissected this all day looking for a reason to give those local cops the benefit of the doubt. And unfortunately, the best we can find, if we err on the side of every report, both anecdotal and now growingly scientific or or agency-driven, data-driven, if we err on the side of the police in every one of those instances, we still wind up with a timeline, Jesse, of 13 minutes from the time he walked into the building, barricaded himself in that classroom and slaughtered little children and teachers like fish in a barrel to when the local cops went in behind BORTAC, Border Patrol's tactical unit, and an incredibly uh, well-trained and highly skilled unit. 13 minutes, to me, is akin to the 13 hours at Benghazi. It's an eternity for children in a classroom facing down a homicidal maniac. And unless some major revelation comes to light unless we have new evidence that shows these cops acted immediately. Every one of them and their supervisors should be terminated and prevented from ever working in law enforcement again. And let me tell you, my friend is a guy who built his media career uh, initially as a law enforcement analyst. And as a guy who was on the street, who was shot at, who was in shooting. It pains me to say it. It looks like this agency was woefully, disgracefully underprepared and undertrained if prepared and trained at all. So I don't think you're missing a thing.
4: Okay. Well, boy, that, that hurts even more. And that makes my next question even worse. I hesitate to even ask it, but I, I swear I have to John unprepared and untrained okay i understand that i don't expect everyone to be nypd level trained especially a small texas town i i totally understand that fair but, enough yeah but untrained completely I, I mean i don't care how trained you are i don't care if you're a cop or not a cop as a man if you're outside you. of a school with a weapon in your hands and there's a monster inside killing 10 year olds isn't that just human instinct trained or not trained to go in and what am i missing john i'm not trying to kill him tell me what i'm missing
5: and not not a damn thing So now i'm talking to you as a dad i don't have kids but i'm an uncle you and i put out very similar tweets worded differently but the same sentiment within a few minutes about seconds of one another earlier today and i was talking to some of my old partners and we were saying excuse my language but we said hell if we were uh if, if, if it meant our jobs suspension or termination, but the other alternative were elementary school-age children being massacred, we would take the suspension and termination every second of every minute of every day. We'd have gone into that building. Most cops from past generations feel that way. You were a Marine. I guarantee you, I don't know the guys you served with, but I guarantee you, you and every other one of them would have gone into that building you guys were Marines, you're still Marines, you're always Marines. The new breed of law enforcement officer is a tragedy. And it, again, pains me to say, I'm watching what's what's being recruited, Jesse. They're being recruited on the basis that they're the most liberal, the most leftist, the most thug coddling, the most likely to act like a social worker over a police officer. This is not a time to debate the merits of social work. 19 children and two teachers who, by all accounts, threw their bodies in front of the students that oh. were gunned down are dead because the police have been neutered and softened. It's disgraceful.
4: So, again, we're speaking with John Cardillo, obviously my friend, political commentator, but more importantly today, former NYPD. O- okay, John. <laughs> How do we alter this? Because I, I, as you know, I've not been one of these cops or the enemy guys. I think that's frankly absurd. You know, the cops are the problem in the urban communities. That that's That's ridiculous. And that's resulted in the cops getting slaughtered and people in the urban black communities getting slaughtered. So that's been a disgrace. But if the police forces across the country are going the wrong way. How does that get fixed, John? Because I I, I want the respect my sons have when they see a police officer in uniform. I want that to remain their entire lives. How do we fix what's happening?
5: You know, I don't know today. You know, I've done so much, uh, so many media hits over the years, including hosting my own shows. And I always tell an anecdotal story. When I worked in the Bronx, I started my career in the 4-6 precinct, a 99.9% non-white area. Only four to six percent of that community, Jesse, was a criminal element. Four to six percent liberally. Ninety four to ninety six percent of the people were simply hardworking, poor or lower middle class who wanted the police there, who respected the police, who supported the police. They were the victims. So you just nailed it. The victims are the people who need the police the most. But unfortunately, when you get these politicians the Bill de Blasio, the, the Eric Adams in New York, the Garcettis in L.A., these liberal politicians, they forget that. They want to demonize police. They want to call them racist when they're not. They ignore the glaring stats that most of their victims are people of color. Most of the children slaughtered yesterday and the teachers were Hispanic. But you're not going to hear that story. So I don't know how we fix it when the left has been so disingenuous and so dishonest about the cause of the problem, but more importantly, not who the criminals are, who the victims are. And until people wake up and, and, and freely think, we're going to be in a world of hurt.
4: John Cardillo, thank you so much, my brother. I appreciate you giving us some, some some of your wisdom tonight. We needed it today.
5: Anytime, Jesse. Great to talk to you, my friend.
4: Be good. Look, I, this is something... You've heard me warn about endlessly. I mean, to hear John describe it, maybe the day is finally here, but how long have you heard me warn about this on the show of the slow, steady rot of things like our military and like our law enforcement agencies? We have, what, a bunch of diversity hires now? Oh, and if you find that insulting, I need to be clear, I don't give a crap. When you're hiring Mili- well, when you're in recruiting military guys or hiring cops based on anything else than their ability, their competence to do the job, when you start mixing in all these other factors, maybe that's part of it. I, I don't know what we've done or where we went wrong. And I've spent all day, just like John did, digging through the facts here, trying to find some defense of what happened, and I can't find one. All right we got a lot more show for you tonight. We have uh, ESG stuff to talk about again. We'll bring that up here in just a second. Look, obviously, I know defending yourself and your family is on your mind right now. It's on my mind. It's, when things like this happen, they kind of jolt all of us awake of, wow, it's a, it's a dangerous world out there. There's a lot of evil out there. Do you have a hero gun yet? Do you, does your wife, husband, does your child... Your mother, do they have something that will allow them to intelligently defend themselves if a monster comes at them? A hero gun is a non-lethal gun. It shoots pepper balls 100 miles per hour. They explode on contact. It will stop you in your tracks. You're not doing anything when this thing hits you. Only takes a couple minutes to learn how to use it. Anyone can do it. You can hate guns. You don't have to be a gun guy or a gun girl. Anyone can use it as a laser sight, point and squeeze. You don't need a concealed carry permit for it. Go to Hero2020.com and use the code JESSE because that gets you a special discount. Hero2020.com, code JESSE. State restrictions may apply. Miss something? There's a podcast. Get it on demand wherever podcasts are found. The Jesse Kelly Show. I The Jesse Kelly show good stuff there from John Cardillo about look at look again I wasn't a cop I mean I was a cop in the Marines for a little while but I don't think that counts it's besides I was too crooked Chris I was too I didn't like paperwork anyway look it doesn't matter um you know I don't like what we did in America, and actually, this is going to come back to the Black Lives Matter, Saint George Floyd stuff that we're we're celebrating the two year anniversary by an, uh, analyzing where we are. I don't like this cops are the enemy stuff. I think that's stupid and ignorant. It's ridiculous. It's a lie. It, John Cardillo laid it out pretty well. He said, "Hey, look, I'm walking these I'm walking these areas in New York, and it's four percent of the community committing the crime. That means most of the people in the community are poor victims." And yet it got sold as the cops of the enemy. And now after two years where we honored our patron, St. George Floyd, two years of defund the police, two years of insanity. Where are we? I mean, well, where we are is one. We're still lying through our teeth.
6: I promise the Floyd family, among others, George's name is not just going to be a hashtag. Your daddy's name is going to be known for a long time. But as a nation, we're going to ensure his legacy and the legacy of so many others remembered today. It's not about their death, but what we do in their memory.
4: Okay. What, what else did he have to say? I mean, you remember the violent riots that destroyed the country and divided the country by race. I've told this story before. I mean, look, we're just analyzing where we ended up because everyone screams, somebody do something in the wake of George Floyd's death. We don't, we've never talked about race in my house. We live in the burbs of Texas, and it's just by the nature of where we are in the Houston area, it's very diverse. It just is. There's black people and Indians and Mexicans and Puerto Ricans, and uh, there's just Asians. There's, There's every culture represented around here, and so there's every culture represented where my kids go to school and in our neighborhood, and we're always gathering, I've told you before, for big neighborhood parties and cookouts and things like that. So my friends, my, my sons have friends of all different color, and because it's not something I've ever placed a priority on, we just have never discussed race. They never thought about it. They never talked about it. And I'll never forget, during all this insanity, with all the BLM insanity, my youngest asked me, Dad, do black people hate us? Man, what, what a moment, right? So I had to sit down and explain, No, son, that's ridiculous. Black people don't hate us. A few communist scumbags are exploiting something, and they're trying to get everyone to hate us. You know, I had to lay that out. But it's funny how different those riots and the division they caused in this country, how different reality is from the narrative.
6: Two summers ago, in the middle of the pandemic, we saw protests across the nation the likes of which you hadn't seen since the 1960s. They unified people of every race and generation. Athletes and sports leagues, boycotters, postponed games. Companies and workers proclaimed Black Lives Matter. Students staged solidarity walkouts. From Europe to the Middle East to Asia to Australia, people saw their own fight.
4: Yeah. From Europe to the Middle East to Australia to right here at home, what people saw is a divided nation, a nation divided on purpose. And hey, look, I, I realized that maybe that was worth it in the end, right? To co- to combat that. What was that word again? It starts with an S. Uh, systemic racism. That's the word they like to use. So where are we today? Well, we're as divided racially right now as a nation as any time in my life. Now, obviously, if you're an older American who lived through you know the 60s, 50s, things like that, you've seen worse during the segregation civil rights days but I'm 40. I didn't grow up with racial tensions at all. It just wasn't something that existed, not in my world. And I shouldn't say existed, because Of course it always exists in some form, but it was not something viewed as a huge problem. Well, now we're as racially divided as ever. There are these huge cultural battles going on in America's urban centers. How many, how many problems have you seen in New York city alone? of there's tensions between the black community and the Asian community, tensions between the Jewish community and the black community, and we're as divided now, violently divided as ever. Uh, The black people who were supposed to have been protected by the St. George Floyd riots, they're the ones dying. You see these crime numbers up 100% in some areas, 50 in most of the urban areas and then dig into the statistics get deeper than an inch here dig into the statistics it's almost all black people dying in droves everyone screamed somebody do something we have a racist country the cops are evil black people are oppressed somebody do something even gop senator tim scott couldn't wait to run to the microphone we need federal police reform Where's my friend, Cory Booker? Hey, Cory, let's work together. Everyone wanted to jump on the blame the cops bandwagon, and now at the end of this two years, what do we have? We have a very wealthy Black Lives Matter communist movement. We have black people dying in droves. We have more racial tension than this country has experienced since the 1960s, and nobody's life is any better at all. How did all that come to be? Why did all that come to be? Well, let's rewind all the way back to the beginning. Why did that happen? It happened because somebody do something. Time and time and time and time again, we get angry, we get sad, we get fearful, And we turn and we scream for somebody to help, for somebody to come in and fix it, for somebody to do something. Oh, somebody sure does, but it never gets fixed. That Great Depression we're about to go into, yet another somebody do something moment. COVID got here, you got scared, somebody did something, and now the dollar's going to collapse and interest rates are going to be at 25% when we can't afford a gallon of gas. All a result of somebody do something. And what it does when you do the somebody do something thing is it robs you of the ability to soberly analyze what happened, how to stop it, how to fix it, what to do for next time. So let's have a talk about Uvalde. Let's have a talk about police action or inaction and we have much more coming up on the Jesse Kelly Show. We have the FBI spying on Americans, ESG infecting everything, the World Economic Forum, email roundup, all that and more. And don't forget tomorrow's an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Get your questions in now to jesse at com. We'll be back.